Hello and welcome to Counterthought, a podcast dedicated to my counterthoughts about mainstream media, politics, and culture, and the impact on our nation. I am your host, Brian Fletter. You can follow this podcast on its Facebook page, Counterthought Podcast, on Instagram at counter underscore thought, and on Twitter at counter underscore podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Counterthought, Facebook and State Action Censorship. I was on vacation last week, which is why this episode's coming out a little bit late. I took the opportunity to recharge, but here I am, back with another episode. So thank you for joining me. I don't know if you noticed, but last week, censorship reached new heights as Press Secretary Jen Psaki admitted that the Biden administration is notifying Facebook of COVID-19 misinformation for Facebook to remove. That's right. The administration of the President of the United States of America is actively using a private company to censor content they believe is undercutting the vaccine messaging and vaccination rate, also known as vaccine hesitancy. Facebook now can and should be considered a state actor, which means what the Biden administration is doing is a violation of the First Amendment and is unconstitutional. Now for a little bit of context. The First Amendment protects Americans' right to free speech by prohibiting local, state, and federal governments from abridging the freedom of speech. Some of you hear that and may be wondering, how does that apply to Facebook? Facebook is a private company. I'm glad you asked. The difference here is that it isn't only Facebook taking down the information. It is Facebook on behalf of the White House, the executive branch of the federal government, taking down the information. The First Amendment has a state action limitation, similar to the Fifth and Fourteenth Amendments, and the Supreme Court has stated that a private entity or a private company can qualify as a state actor in a few limited circumstances, such as, one, when the private entity, private company, performs a traditional, exclusive public function. Two, when the government compels the private entity to take a particular action. Or three, when the government acts jointly with the private entity. How do I know that Facebook meets the qualifications two and three? Because Press Secretary Jen Psaki said it herself last week. It all began last Thursday uh, when the Surgeon General Murthy issued a Surgeon General's advisory on the dangers of health information. The Surgeon General said, quote, health misinformation is false, inaccurate, or misleading information about health, according to the best evidence at the time. The truth is that misinformation takes away our freedom to make informed decisions about our health and the health of our loved ones. Did you catch that at the end? He's saying the misinformation takes away our freedom to make informed decisions about our health and the health of our loved ones. Um, misinformation takes away freedom? No, it doesn't. Misinformation is just more information added to the pot that you need to sift through to find your source of truth. No freedom is taken away, but it is the freedom reasoning that the Surgeon General mentioned to justify the unconstitutional action by this Biden administration. The Surgeon General then went on to call upon six levers of society for the, quote, all of society approach. 
This all-of-society approach is used to combat the spread of misinformation. And those six levers he listed are friends and family, health organizations, educational institutions, tech companies, news organizations, and the government. The Surgeon General said a few times that tech companies need to do more to eliminate misinformation while elevating credible information because misinformation on the platforms is costing lives. During that same press briefing, after the Surgeon General was finished talking because he went first, Press Secretary Jen Psaki came up to the podium and said, going to run through a couple quotes here. She said, quote, We're flagging problematic posts for Facebook that spread disinformation. That one right there makes Facebook a state actor. She also said there are, quote, there are also proposed changes that we have made to social media platforms, including Facebook, and those specifically are four key steps. One, that they measure and publicly share the impact of misinformation on their platform. Second, that we have recommended, proposed, that they create a robust enforcement strategy that bridges their properties and provides transparency about the rules. Now, when she says bridges their properties, what she means is that not only Facebook is involved, but all of Facebook's companies, all of their subsidiaries, Instagram being the main one. And if Google's involved, that would be, that would include YouTube and also other social media companies and their subsidiaries. So not just the big ones that you see like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, every subsidiary of those all the way down to the bottom, the full list, bridging their properties. She goes on to say, quote, third, it's important to take faster action against harmful posts. Facebook needs to move more quickly to remove harmful, violative posts, end quote. Violative posts? What are they violating? Are they violating Facebook's terms and conditions? Or is she just referring to the misinformation violating facts? Then her last quote that I have here is, quote, Finally, we have proposed they promote quality information sources in their feed algorithm. We engage with them regularly, and they certainly understand what our asks are. Again, second time there that she tells us that Facebook should now be considered a state actor. That was Thursday last week. Then a day later on Friday, President Biden was about to aboard Marine One, his helicopter on the South Lawn of the White House, and he was asked by a reporter, quote, on COVID misinformation, what's your message to platforms like Facebook? End quote. Biden responded, quote, they're killing people. The only pandemic we have is among the unvaccinated, and that's, they're killing people, end quote. Now, what's with this focus on COVID vaccine misinformation? I believe the focus of this misinformation is a result of the Biden administration missing their July 4th goal, which was to have 70% of American adults with at least one vaccine shot. They failed to reach that goal, so someone has to be blamed. However, COVID vaccine hesitancy isn't due to misinformation, there's probably instances where it is that I'll give you that. But the COVID vaccine hesitancy is mainly due to mixed messaging from the local, state, and federal governments, the lack of long-term data regarding the side effects of the vaccine, the available therapeutics, 
and the individual freedom that we have as Americans to choose whether or not to get vaccinated. It is the individual freedom that Democrats in the White House struggle with the most because they want to control and or be involved in as much of our lives as possible. And it is this individual freedom that is at risk if we allow the Biden administration to get away with what they are doing by using Facebook as a state actor to censor this, quote, misinformation. Now, you could be sitting here thinking, after all that, what's the big deal? They want to save lives. Yes, that is how the administration is dressing it up, to save lives. Not just your life, but the lives of your family and friends. Even more of a tug on the heartstrings. And if that's you, then you're missing the big picture. If the current administration can get away with censoring information and speech in the name of, quote, helping people, in the future, what will prevent overreach by this administration and future administrations whenever they want to censor speech that they don't agree with? As I said in the podcast's previous episode about political narratives, narratives are a story that connects and explains a carefully selected set of supposedly true events, experiences, or the like, and it's intended to support a particular viewpoint. Narratives can either be true, partially true, or completely false. And now that the door of censorship by the federal government is open, what will stop the current administration from censoring some of these narratives that I talked about in my previous episode? Narratives such as, there's a crisis at the southern border. Another narrative would be, there is a crime wave across the U.S., especially violent crime. Third narrative that they might want to censor would be liberals and Democrats are the ones that advocated for defunding the police, which has led to the violent crime wave. Remember I talked about that a week ago during that narrative podcast, that now they, that a week or two ago, the Democrats decided that they're going to blame Republicans for the defunding of police. And what will stop Democrats and liberals from censoring information or opinions that is contrary to some of the following narratives that the current administration, governmental Democrats, talk about now? One example would be climate change. Climate change is an existential threat to the world. What if we offer up some data that shows maybe that's not the case? They could censor that. Control what you see. Control what you read. What you hear. Or the narrative that January 6th was the worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War. Or maybe the narrative that America is systemically racist. What if you ask for data that proves that? Could shut you up. Or what about the narrative of we need stricter federal gun laws to stop mass shootings and violent crime? Or the narrative about voting bills being passed in these state legislatures that are considered from the president's mouth Jim Crow 2.0? The precedent that would be set by allowing government to turn private companies into state actors to censor speech would open the door for the government to censor everything they disagree with that interferes with their priorities and their narratives. The current administration and a lot of Democrats don't want you to think for yourself. They want to control what you see, what you hear, and what you do. So in their attempt to put more pressure on Facebook to eliminate this misinformation, Last Friday, Joe Biden said that Facebook is, quote, killing people. Now, 
Does Biden have any proof of that? I don't think so. I would love to see that data if he did. I'm pretty sure they would come out with that data during a press briefing to show that he has proof. But I haven't seen it. But that's not the point, right? The point is to get enough people to believe that statement that Facebook is killing people with misinformation on their site. And if enough people believe the statement, it could eventually lead to enough pressure put on Facebook for Facebook to take down even more information at the direction of the White House. This will control more speech, control more information. However, Facebook did respond to what Biden said. Facebook responded in a blog post written by Guy Rosen, which is their vice president of integrity, saying that they are not to blame for the administration's missed goal of 70% of American adults with at least one shot by July 4th. And some of the quotes that the or some of the content that the blog included are as follows. Quote, The fact is that the vaccine acceptance among Facebook users in the U.S. has increased. These and other facts tell a very different story to the one promoted by the administration in recent days. End quote. Guy Rosen, the VP of Integrity for Facebook, goes on. Quote, For people in the U.S. on Facebook, vaccine hesitancy has declined by 50% and they are becoming more accepting of vaccines every day. End quote. Another excerpt is, quote, Since January, vaccine acceptance on the part of Facebook users in the U.S. has increased by 10 to 15 percentage points, from 70 to 80 to 85 percent. And the racial and ethnic disparities in acceptance have shrunk considerably. Guy Rosen goes on to say, quote, Since the pandemic began, more than 2 billion people have viewed authoritative information about COVID-19 and vaccines on Facebook. This includes more than 3.3 million Americans using our vaccine finder tool to find out where to get a COVID-19 vaccine and make an appointment to do so, end quote. He continues, quote, since the beginning of the pandemic, we have removed over 18 million instances of COVID-19 misinformation. We have also labeled and reduced the visibility of more than 167 million pieces of COVID-19 content debunked by our network of fact-checking partners so fewer people see it and, when they do, they have the full context. On Monday, Biden attempted to walk back his Friday comment about Facebook killing people by saying that what he meant, he was talking about the 12 bad actors that are responsible for producing 65% of the misinformation. It's not Facebook that's killing people. It's those 12 bad actors that are killing people. But while the White House is pointing fingers at Facebook and other social media platforms, what does this say about the big picture of the lack of trust in the federal government? We should be able to trust our government to provide us with accurate information. And if people don't want to get vaccinated, even when given all of the benefits of a vaccination, that's a freedom that we have as individuals. Saw a poll last week. Trust in the federal government is below 20%. And if people are so concerned about their risks to COVID, wouldn't those people go to the source of information and not rely on third party to tell them the information they're looking for? I'd hope so. I'd hope so. Uh, but sadly, I don't think that's a guarantee. Um, 
some people just don't know how to search and some people are just um, just need help finding that information, we'll just say. But that information is out there more than ever to this day, this day and age for us to get information from first party sources, not a third party. We no longer have to rely on a third party like a news organization to provide us with information. If you want to go find out statistics from the CDC or statistics from your local and state government, you can do that. It's public information. It's not difficult. And this goes back to my last topic about political narratives and the closing in that episode. We need to be independent thinkers. Think for ourselves. That's a freedom that we have, and that's also something we should practice each and every single day. Yes, it takes more time to do it, as I said, but it's necessary. I also said in that episode, don't put your trust in man, right? Don't put your trust in third parties. Go to the source. The information is available. Everything seems to be public. And I believe another component of this is that by censoring information, Facebook and the White House are telling us that they are our source of truth. That they know what is factual and what information we should see. But because I wasn't born yesterday, I know that Facebook doesn't have the best record of determining what is and isn't accurate information. Their track record shows that they do not want to have conversations or debates about contrary information to what they put out. They would rather silence and censor that information than let the information exist at all. For example, going back to last October, the Hunter Biden laptop story released by the New York Post. Facebook, in a coordinated effort with Twitter, suppressed that article. Not only from the account of the New York Post, but also anyone who tried to share it. And not just share it or retweet it, but also send it in a direct message. A private message. Also, the Wuhan lab leak theory, that was suppressed as, you know, not factual information. You know, most likely the coronavirus had come from a wet market. Remember the whole bat theory? That was the original theory. And then as of a couple of weeks ago, everybody now is embracing the fact that, ooh, maybe this was a created virus that leaked from a lab in Wuhan, China. There's also the suggestion of different therapeutics that hadn't received official approval by the FDA for treatment of COVID-19, but they tend to be working. And Congress can continue to keep pressure on Facebook and other big tech social media companies to do what they want them to do. Right now, social media companies have protection under Section 230 as a platform for information, no editorializing, which means that platforms are not liable for free speech posted by the users. But Democrats in Congress have already talked about breaking up these big tech monopolies if they don't crack down on certain speech. Obviously, those companies wouldn't want to be broken up. They wouldn't want their monopoly to be broken up. So Congress has leverage to squeeze big tech and get big tech to play by their rules. Also, big tech is being pressed from the opposite side by congressional Republicans. Republicans have talked about looking at revising Section 230 if social media platforms are going to continue to censor information and editorialize instead of solely acting as platforms, which is what the protections of Section 230 provide. 
So you have Democrats wanting them to do one thing, Republicans wanting them to do another. You have Republicans wanting big tech social media platforms to do what they're supposed to do. And you want congressional Democrats to have big tech do what they cannot do, which is the censoring of information. But do you see what this coronavirus vaccine misinformation censorship can lead to? I hope I've made my point. This censorship can lead to collusion between the federal government, state governments, and local governments to be able to turn private companies into state actors to censor information and silence free speech in order to control the information that we see and that we hear. This is in violation of the First Amendment, it's unconstitutional, and it's authoritarian in nature. The current administration and the supporters of this want to be the sources of truth. That anyone who has an alternative point of view or facts to the contrary of the narratives will also be silenced. They'll be silenced by removal of social media or from social media or using name-calling and be considered a racist, a Nazi, a bigot, some form of phobic to discredit you and your opposing view. Listen. I am pro-vaccine for adults who do not already have antibodies from contracting the coronavirus. But I also see what lies ahead. I see the big picture, and I have decided that I am not willing to allow the government to silence free speech. Like Facebook said, they are not to blame for vaccine hesitancy. Vaccine hesitancy existed with other vaccines before the coronavirus vaccine. The coronavirus vaccine hesitancy is a result of mixed messaging like I said earlier, from local, state, and federal governments. It's a result of individuals following the science based on their age and their health. And the hesitancy is based on the lack of knowledge regarding long-term side effects. The vaccine was developed within nine months. That goal of 70% of adults to have received at least one vaccine shot by July 4th was missed. The administration came up short, but I bet if you included the adults with COVID antibodies from contracting COVID, I bet that 70% was met, currently hovering around high 60s last time I checked, without including those antibodies from contracting COVID. But you don't hear anything about those non-vaccine antibodies. It's all about shots in arms, shots in arms. The Biden administration is continuing to push vaccination onto Americans. One example of this is we've seen the expansion of the vaccine to children as young as 12 years old. Now, even with the expansion of the vaccine to children, notice the goal is focused on adults while we're also sneaking children in, or vaccinations for children, through the back door, it seems. Now, if we continue to come up short of that 70% goal, I believe we'll see, I believe we'll see a couple more levers pulled by the administration. I believe that the administration would look at, seriously consider, and actually do. Now, if we continue to fall short of that 70% goal of at least one shot in the arm of our adults, I believe that the administration will seriously consider and most likely pull a few more of the levers that they have to push vaccinations on more and more Americans. I believe that the administration would pull that lever that requires federal workers to be vaccinated. And I think the federal government, 
The administration would pull the lever that pressures companies that receive federal tax breaks or federal money to also require their employees to be vaccinated. Sounds like freedom, right? Sounds like freedom. Now, I definitely think those levers will be pulled if there's an uptick in cases with these different variants. Right now, Delta variant is the main one. But I believe for sure that these levers will be pulled if cases tick up, if hospitalizations tick up, and if death ticks up. And it's my fear, unfortunately, and belief that the administration, the Democrats in government, will continue to infringe upon our rights as Americans. That is why we must wake up, speak up, and fight against it. All right, that's it for this episode. Remember to subscribe and engage with me on Instagram at counter underscore thought, on Twitter at counter underscore podcast, and on the Counterthought podcast page on Facebook. Thank you for listening to Counterthought.